So, here's an easy question for all of you as we begin. How many of you have parents? I mean, I, I should see every one of your hands going up, right? Unless, unless there was another immaculate conception, you know, after Jesus Christ at some point. But here, here's a tougher question now, right? Here's a tougher question. How many of you currently have or, or had a good, loving relationship with your parents? Unfortunately, from my perspective, I, I see less than all of our hands going up. And that's because some of us may have never really known our parents or or we had parents who didn't raise us in godly homes, maybe neglected us, maybe maybe just rejected us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, there's all kinds of scenarios, and, and these are these are sad, sad stories. And the alarming reality is that more and more families in this culture contain poor relationships between parents and children. With, with increasing rates of absentee parents and, and broken homes and child neglect, not to mention the decreasing number of Christian households, there's a parenting epidemic in the United States. And the onus is on parents to step up and do something about it, to raise our kids properly. Now, if you've been here with us over the last couple of months, you know that we are going through a sermon series in Proverbs. And we are learning how to live wisely, to to skillfully apply the truth of God in this foolish world that we live in. And if you read through Proverbs, you'll quickly find that godly parenting was extremely important to Solomon. Solomon is the author of Proverbs, the majority of the Proverbs. And And the reason why parenting was probably so important to Solomon was because Scripture shows us that his dad, David, while a man of God, was not a very good father. And and if you look at Proverbs, you you could plausibly argue that the entire book is really a manual on parenting. I mean, there are several passages where Solomon is specifically addressing his sons, and there are lots of Proverbs that talk about how parents should raise their children. He gives lots of straightforward instruction there, especially when it comes to disciplining kids. And we're going to get to that. Now, I just want to acknowledge right at the beginning of this sermon that this, this, this is a touchy subject for a lot of us because we already think that we're not doing the greatest job raising our kids. So we may have a little sensitivity to it. And this topic is one of those that's likely going to sting a little bit for some of us. And maybe even make us feel a little guilt or shame. So I just want to say two things right at the beginning. A little disclaimer. First of all, my intent is not to be critical of anyone. I don't want anyone to think that I'm attacking you or... Or anything. I just I just want to teach what the Word of God says about parenting and and encourage us all to be the parents that we're called to be. 
And secondly, you need to hear this. I am preaching in the mirror today, all right? I am preaching directly to myself because I know I can be a better father of my four kids. And trust me, I have been convicted this week in studying this truth in my own life. So don't think I'm preaching from a place of having this all figured out. I don't, all right? So so with that disclaimer out of the way, we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 22. So you can grab your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 22, and we're going to be camping on verse 6 and then jumping around to a couple other Proverbs throughout the book. So as you turn to Proverbs chapter 22, I'm going to pray. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity to speak your truth. And I pray, Father, that you would fill me with your spirit and you would speak through me that that my words would be yours and you would prepare our hearts to hear your truth and that we would hear what our heavenly Father, our heavenly parent, would have us learn as his children. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we dig into this proverb, I just I want to talk a little bit about the perspective of parenting. We need to have a parenting perspective as we go through life. You see, I recognize that there are, there are those of us here today who don't have children. Either because you may be unable to have them or you're not married yet. Or you simply decided not to have kids. So, so this topic may be painful for some of you, or you might just want to mentally check out because I don't have any kids. But, but I really want to encourage you to listen closely today. Because this sermon will apply just as much to you as it does to anyone else who has children. You might be wondering, okay, well, how? If I don't have kids, how does a sermon on parenting apply to me? And the answer from Scripture is very, very clear. Every single one of us should have the perspective of a parent because every single one of us is called to have spiritual children. Every single one of us should have spiritual children. And Jesus called the process of making and raising spiritual children, he called that discipleship. And he commanded every single one of us to have disciples. Every single one of us who have put our faith in him. He said in Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I will be with you always to the end of the age. That, that command right there is to all of us. We're all called to make disciples, to have spiritual children. And in case, in case you're unsure if, if that's the proper way of thinking about discipleship, if Discipling people is really like like having kids. Just listen to how the Apostle Paul referred to his disciple, Timothy, when he wrote to him. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul wrote, To Timothy, my true child in the faith. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child. 
Discipleship is parenting, and parenting is discipleship. So, so we need to see that when Solomon is talking about parenting, he's, he's really talking about discipleship. And if you have kids, your first responsibility is to disciple those kids and to pour into those kids. But even if you don't have children, you are still called to make disciples and have spiritual children. So, so when I'm talking about children today, any point in this sermon, know that I'm referring to both our biological children and our spiritual children. We all need to have a perspective of parenting as we go through life and raise the children that God has entrusted to us. And that, that brings us to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 where we see the overarching principle of parenting, the principle of parenting. Psalm 127 tells us that children are a blessing from the Lord, and the psalm compares children to arrows in the hands of a warrior. Well, Proverbs 22 tells us how we can help those arrows to fly straight on the proper path. And it tells us that we need to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, the principle really isn't that complicated, is it? I mean, if we raise our children in the way they should go, as they grow up and get older, they'll stay on that path. Now, it's really important that I remind us right here That Proverbs is a book of principles of truth, not promises of truth. This is not a parenting promise. This is a parenting principle. Because the sad reality, and it is sad, is that many godly parents have done their best to raise their children to love and follow Jesus Christ. And the their kids have made the decision, their own decision, not to do so. Now, this, this, isn't, this isn't necessarily a failure of parenting. God doesn't promise that all of our children will be saved. And tragically, some of them are going to make the heartbreaking choice not to follow Jesus Christ. That's a hard reality, but it's the truth. And we need to be able to continue to trust the Lord's plan for our lives and for the lives of our kids. So we see here that this verse is a principle. It's not a promise. But, but just because it's a principle doesn't mean that we shouldn't follow it, right? I mean, in fact, if you break down this verse, the words train up in the beginning are a command. In the Hebrew, it's an imperative. It's a command, which means that if we want to obediently follow the direction of the Lord, we're commanded to train up our kids in the way they should go. Okay, so you may be wondering, all right, that's, that's great. Well, what's the way they should go? The verse doesn't really tell you which way they should go. But, but if we look at the whole of Proverbs, we'll quickly find the answer. We're commanded to raise our children in the way of wisdom and to avoid the path of foolishness. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is the the truth of Scripture. That's wisdom. 
Proverbs, Proverbs is all about these two paths. And as we parent our kids, we have to train them to follow the path of wisdom, to, to fear and trust the Lord, and to put their faith in Jesus Christ to save them. That is the path of wisdom, to follow and love the Word of God. Now, that, that may be obvious to most of us, that that's the way we're supposed to train our kids. But the sad reality is that many Christian parents don't do this. In a recent study by the Barner Research Group, it was found that only 33% of parents who call themselves born-again Christians said that they use the Bible or biblically, biblical parenting principles to raise their children. Only 33%. The main parenting influence that they cited was their own upbringing, the the opinions of their spouse or relatives, and things they read in books and magazines and articles on parenting. 66% said they looked to those things as their primary source well before they even looked at the Bible. That's a troubling statistic. Now, I've had the privilege of being the youth pastor here at Cornerstone over the last year and a half, and I've, I've really enjoyed my time with your kids. And some of them have enjoyed their time with me. I, I paid him to say that. All right. Thank you, Stu. Well done, Matt. But, but listen, I've repeatedly been surprised at the overall lack of spiritual depth with our kids. It's just the reality of our youth. Please, don't don't hear that as a condemnation on anyone. The Lord knows I can do a better job raising my own children. But, But you have to hear my heart on this. We, Cornerstone, we've got to do a better job of raising our kids. Too many of our children don't know the Word of God. Yeah, they know the Bible stories, but they don't know Scripture. They have it hidden in their hearts. And they intellectually have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And they can say all the right things, but they don't follow Him as the Lord of their life. And they follow after idols that distract them and keep them from a true, genuine faith. Fathers, especially, and I'm speaking to myself here, we have got to do a better job of training our kids in righteousness. And we should read and study the Word of God with them. We should pray with them often. We should engage them in spiritual conversations. Have have a family Bible study. Talk about these sermons when you go home. Let them ask you spiritual questions. And and then, if you don't know the answer, that's okay. Look it up together. Those are just some examples of the things that we have got to be doing with our kids. Because they are being taken in by the world. Let them see you reading the Word of God and making your faith 
the top priority in your life. Model that to them. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Training up our children in the way they should go means having a lifestyle of discipleship and teaching our children, whether, whether they're our biological kids or our spiritual kids, teaching them to follow and love the Word of God. Now, I, I recognize that some of us might be getting a little discouraged right about now. I'm not saying that this is easy or this is something that we can just flip a switch and magically do perfectly. In fact, it's one of the hardest things that we're called to do. And here's what it should do. It should make us run to the grace of our Heavenly Father for help. That's what this should do. We, we won't be able to do this on our own strength or our own understanding or our own abilities. We've got to put our faith in the redeeming power of Jesus Christ And we've got to go to Him for help. Our Father helping us be the parents that He wants us to be to our kids. Asking Him to fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we would have the patience and the strength and the endurance and the discipline and the self-control necessary to properly train our kids. Don't be discouraged, Mom and Dad. Be encouraged that we have a Heavenly Father who is right here wanting to help us do this task that He's called us to do. So, how then do we actually do it? We go to the Lord for help. He gives us the Spirit. Then what does that look like? What does it look like to raise our kids? Practically speaking, what does practical parenting look like? I mean, it's, it's all well and good that we teach our children about their desperate need for Jesus Christ, that we need to do that. But, but what does it look like to actually disciple our spiritual and biological kids? How do we help them love and serve the Lord? Well, if we look at the very first word in the passage, train, in the Hebrew, it originally meant to give basic instruction. And it was used to refer to raising children from infants to adults, but also to train soldiers for combat. But even stronger than that, the word actually evolved in its usage, not just to mean to give basic instruction, but to actually dedicate something for a specific purpose. And every other place in the Old Testament that this word is used, it's used with regards to dedication. Whether it was dedicating the temple, or a house, or an altar, or, in this case, our children. We happen to translate it to train them, but it really means to dedicate them to Jesus Christ and to the way of wisdom. So, so how does that work? What does that look like? I'm not, I'm not going to go over the specifics at all of what we should teach our children. I mean, we should teach them everything contained in Scripture, right? 
I mean, that's, that's kind of the easy answer there. We should, we should teach them scripture because everything in scripture shows them that they should love and follow Jesus Christ. Second Timothy chapter three says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, so if you want to know the specifics of what to train our children in, then just open the Word of God and, and you'll have everything you need right there. In fact, if you just look at Proverbs itself, it's full of specific examples of what to teach our children. But, but what I want to touch on for the rest of this sermon isn't what we teach our children, but, but how we teach our children and dedicate them to following the Lord. And in order, in order to help us remember four key principles of how to train and dedicate our children, I just I put together a little acronym for us to help us to easily memorize this. We've got to lead our children to the Lord. Love, encourage, affirm, and discipline them. Now, I'm just going to scratch the surface on these four principles today. I mean, this really could be a sermon series right here. But but I'm going to take the first three, love, encourage, affirm. I'm going to do them all in one shot. And if we look at the whole of Scripture, it's full of exhortations to love one another. John chapter 13, right? If you are truly my disciples, you'll love one another. And Scripture is full of exhortations to encourage one another. Hebrews chapter 3 says, As long as it is called today, encourage one another. That none, of you, none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We need to encourage one another. And then, of course, to affirm one another in our identity in Christ. Philippians chapter 1 says, He who began a good work in you will see it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. And, and while these verses don't specifically refer to raising children... We know that as we disciple our kids, spiritual and biological, we've got to love them and encourage them and affirm them just as we would anybody else. I mean, there is nothing more powerful in a child's life than knowing that he is unconditionally loved by his parents. There is nothing more empowering in the life of a child than receiving encouragement and exhortation from his parents. And there's nothing more confidence building in the life of our children than giving them godly affirmation in who they are. Loving, encouraging, and affirming our children are critically important as we train them in righteousness Because how we treat our children is vital in shaping their view of God. And teaching them about his love for them. And his encouragement for them. And his affirmation of them. Because the reality is, the stronger our relationship and attachment with our kids, the more likely that they will be able to build a relationship with their Heavenly Father. Because they understand what it looks like. But raising our kids isn't all about lovey-dovey training and gentle hand-holding. 
if we look at Proverbs, Solomon doesn't actually talk at all about these first three things in the context of parenting. Instead, he focuses exclusively on the fourth principle of training, and that's discipline. Now remember, Scripture shows us that Solomon's dad, David, he didn't discipline his kids at all. And it led to a lot of really, really bad problems, huge problems in their family. So discipline is a really big deal to Solomon. I mean, Solomon's dad, all he really tried to do was to appease his kids and make them happy. Just read First Kings or First Chronicles and you'll see that. And Solomon shows us that a parent's primary responsibility isn't to make their child happy, which is what this culture wants you to think. You're here to just please your kids and put on a show for them. That's the wisdom of the world. That's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God says that our primary responsibility is to build godly character in our children. And that means that we have to be willing and able to discipline our kids when they sin. But it's really, really important to note that discipline, that fourth characteristic without love, encouragement, and affirmation, is going to fall on deaf ears and ultimately lead to rebellion. The only way discipline will be effective is if the other three aspects are present and we're genuinely building those relationships with our kids, creating those deep attachments with our kids. I mean, do you actually expect your kids to listen to you? if you barely have any relationship with them? Especially as they grow older, the weaker our relationship is with our kids, the less likely they are to listen to us and the more likely they are to rebel and listen to the people and things that they do have attachment to, that they do have relationship with. We have to understand how this works. This culture is trying to steal our kids from us. We have to intervene, parents. But there's a balance. We can't just be all about love, encouragement, and affirmation. We've got to discipline them, too. Ephesians chapter 6 puts it this way, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. While Proverbs chapter 13 says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Did you know that the number one reason that parents give for not disciplining their children is because they love them And they don't want to hurt them. They don't want to upset them. Yet scripture tells us that the exact opposite is true. Disciplining our children is is an act of love. And, And if we don't discipline them, it proves that we actually hate them. Because we're doing far more harm to them than we realize. An article popped up on my phone this week that caught my eye was a parenting article 
about how Will Smith raises his kids. Will Smith is an actor. He, he recently did the movie After Earth, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, j- getting jiggy with it, right? No, 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 right? Right? Will Smith? That's right. Giving lessons after the sermon. All right. Well, this is a direct quote. Listen to this. A direct quote from Will Smith. Here's what he says. We don't do punishment. The way that we deal with our kids is they're responsible for their lives. Our concept is as young as possible, give them as much control over their lives as possible. And the concept of punishment, well, our experience has been it has a little too much of a negative quality. So when they do things, and you know Jaden, he's done things, you can do anything you want as long as you can explain to me why that was the right thing to do for your life. That is the wisdom of the world. And that is foolishness that leads to death. We can't can't leave our children to themselves with no consequences for their actions. That, That type of training will lead them to ruin. And it will lead to our shame. Proverbs 29 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Dr. James Dobson says that discipline isn't something that we do to our kids. It's something that we do for our children. Children, they they need us to discipline them so that they learn that there are consequences for sinful behavior. And that they need to repent of their sin and seek God's grace and forgiveness. And that they're safe when they follow God's plan for their lives. Psalm 119 verse 71 says, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. This doesn't mean that we're going to talk to our young children about the theology behind why we're disciplining them while we're in the middle of actually disciplining them. I mean, mean, when I'm in the middle of correcting my three-year-old daughter, I'm not going to go into a deep dissertation on her need for repentance and Christ's salvific work on the cross. All right? I'm not going to do that. But, But as she gets older... Of course I'm going to talk to her about how discipline and my correcting her shows her that she is a sinner in need of salvation. And that the only way that that salvation comes is through Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross for every one of us. Godly discipline is one of the primary means of teaching our children this truth. Discipline's an act of love, and we can't neglect to provide it for our children when they sin. Because the reality is, if they continue to sin and live in unrepentant defiance of God, the eternal consequences are disastrous. And some of them probably will make that choice. Look, I know how hard it can be to discipline your kids. 
I know how easy it is to let things slide. It's, it's far more convenient sometimes to just ignore the situation or, or let this little mess up go. I mean, just this week, there were several times where I was sitting quietly in one part of my house studying and my kids, my sons in particular, were in another part of the house beating the crap out of each other. Can I say that from the pulpit? (laughs) They were arguing fiercely with each other. Sorry if I just offended anybody. And I had to stop what I was doing. I had to stop what I was doing and get up and go and discipline them. Because they needed to be corrected. They needed to stop their fighting. But I have to be honest. There are times when I don't stop what I'm doing. Because I'm either too tired, or it's inconvenient for me, or I'm just annoyed because I just did this five minutes ago. That's on me. I I can't do that. I can't neglect to be the father I need to be to my children. I've got to put my convenience aside and go and discipline my kids. Otherwise... I'm reinforcing their sinful behavior and I'm not training them to walk in the wisdom and fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 22 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Discipline is all about dealing with the sinful and foolish hearts of our children, and we've got to love them enough to teach them what wise living looks like, even if that means inflicting some momentary pain to teach them that lesson. Let me take this opportunity to point out that the Bible is a strong proponent, that means it's in favor of, Corporal punishment, spanking, when they are willfully, defiantly sinning. And this is important because the number two reason that people give for not disciplining their kids is because they don't want to scar them, they don't want to hurt them, they don't want to emotionally damage them. Do you hear the wisdom of the world creeping into that? Proverbs chapter 23 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. The word of God is clearly instructing us to spank our kids when they sin. Let me make that very clear. And God has made each of us with a nicely padded posterior to be able to absorb a little spanking without any real damage, all right? Now, I need to be very, very clear here. This doesn't mean that we ever, ever spank our kids with the intention or hope of hurting them. 
And we never, ever, ever spank our kids in anger or without self-control. Because if we're disciplining them in anger, or if we've lost control over ourselves, then we are sinning. And we'll bear the consequences of our own. If we're doing that, then we could emotionally harm our kids. Because that's not what God says to do. And just because we may not spank them in anger doesn't mean we're free from sin. We've got to be especially careful of the words we speak to them as we correct them and discipline them. Because yelling at our kids in anger and tearing them down with our words is probably more harmful to them than spanking them too harshly. We've got to seek the grace and self-control of the Holy Spirit in those moments so that our discipline of them is truly loving and redemptive and pointing them to Christ, not driving a wedge between them and their Heavenly Father. Because just as our love and encouragement and affirmation of them will help them to see those same things from God, our discipline of them will also paint a picture of what God's discipline looks like. And if it's too harsh, if it's done in anger and in sin, then they'll have a harsh view of God. We can't let that happen. Because God's discipline for us is always loving and for our benefit and growth and maturity and correction. Our discipline needs to reflect that. Proverbs 29 says, Discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Disciplining our kids is critically important for their training in the way of wisdom. And when done properly, the results will ultimately bring delight to our hearts because it will help them walk the path to Jesus Christ and salvation. And and that should be the goal of every parent both biological and spiritual. We want to see our kids put their faith in Christ and as they mature to walk closer and closer and closer to Him, growing in their faith. We've got to love them and encourage them and affirm them, but we've also got to discipline them in order to lead them to Jesus. Because even though some of us may have had poor relationships with our parents, that doesn't give us permission to have bad relationships with our children now. We've got to break the cycle of bad parenting. And we have to break through the lies and foolishness of this culture and follow the example of our Heavenly Father. And when we do that, our parenting will be transformed. Because his example gives us the perfect picture of a parent as he loves us, and he encourages us, and he affirms us, and he disciplines us for the purposes of drawing us to himself. His is the example that we should be modeling to our children because the reality is that our kids are always, always watching 
and how we live our own lives is going to be the chief influence in how they live their lives. How many of you remember the song Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin? The words of that song always cause me to pause and evaluate my own life. Am I being the godly example that I need to be for my children? Am I spending enough time with them? Am I modeling to them what a follower of Jesus Christ really looks like? And so before we close today, I just want to read the words of that song to you. If I had a better voice, I'd sing it. But I don't. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon, when you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know, we'll have a good time then. My son turned ten just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, no, not today. I got a lot to do. He said, that's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed. It said, I'm going to be like him. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be like him. And he came from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? And he shook his head. And he said with a smile, what I really like, dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. And he said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu, but it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's been nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. I read that Chapin's wife is the one who actually wrote the words to that song. And after it made him famous and he began touring all over the country... She stopped him, and she said to him, Harry, when are you going to spend time with the kids? And he said to her, you know what? At the end of the summer, when I'm finished with this string of concerts, I'll take the entire fall and spend it with you and the kids. And tragically, on July 16th, 1981, while he was driving to a concert, he was killed in a car accident. Never made it to the fall. Men and women, children are a gift from the Lord. 
whether there are biological children or spiritual children, and we have got to seize the opportunity that the Lord gives us to train them in the way they should go, the way of wisdom. We've got to build relationships with them and love them and encourage them and infirm them and discipline them so that we can point them to Jesus. Don't waste this opportunity because you never know when it will be gone. Seize the moment and be the godly parent you have been called to be. Amen?